0: Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we covered the Countdown Cup matches,
1: Zoe's reaction to the summer feed-off, and the new experimental card.
0: Hello, hello, everybody! Welcome to week twenty-five of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. I almost forgot what week it was, even though it's literally in my tabs open. Um, but yeah, welcome to this week's news segment. I hope you've all been having a good, safe, and unrona time. Or what? What is? What would the word there be like? non-rona, virus-free, uh, uh, COVID-free,
1: free uh, hand sanitizer cover. Just uh, a safe. Uh, isolated bubble time uh, isolated
0: bubble time is a good one
1: i mean i literally have like a glass box room i we, we bought this house and there was like an extra bonus room which is literally just like a glass enclosure um i've turned that into like a console streaming room and i've been like living in there so i consider it like a little like zoo display if you really want to see like what a 25 year old dude is doing during unemployment <laughs> that is a uh, it should have like a little bio of me outside of the window, so that like when visitors come by, they can like tap on the glass and be like, "Hey, you suck," you know. <laughs> don't feed the animals. Don't don't feed the Kevin. <laughs> Not good. But yeah, it pretty much just like chilling in that room for a long time.
0: So, how has isolated bubble time for Kevin been?
1: Uh. It's actually been a little a little more exciting this weekend. Um, I was called up by VFlight literally at, I think it was like 12 o'clock on Friday or something like that. Like midnight Friday. And he said, hey, I have tier one matches for Valorant. Uh, and I need casters. Are you willing to cast? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll cast on Saturday. It's, it's all good. Um, Little did I know, it's like the the group stages for like the the tier one Valorant scene, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no no problem, we'll we'll just do it casually, no no big deal." But it was like literally last last minute, he's like, "All right, be up at nine o'clock. We're gonna we're gonna get ready. Um, show starts at one, so we'll be all good to go." Um, and yeah, essentially V started out the stream with like maybe like a hundred followers. Uh we peaked at twelve thousand viewers. Wait, say uh, that again. That number. Twelve twelve thousand.
0: Like with the three zeros? Three zeros. Damn.
1: So like yeah we covered one of the bigger matches. Like the first match that we got was um TSM versus 100 thieves. And it was it was a really good match. It was a best of three went to the third map. It was just intense in general um it was just a lot to take in um for the first time and i think i I think we did an okay job considering all of the uh technical difficulties that we had and we're kind of just jumping around from match to match we weren't really brought in to like we weren't brought in as official casters but like we were able to get a little bit of a casting reel going which is good um yeah the, the games were good like just really solid the whole day um once they got to the main event though they already had like contracted people out uh, a couple familiar faces uh we had pocket uh and golden boy on on that uh there were a couple people from like the csgo scene um and like you know just shout out to everybody who did great work on that um the the matches were really good that uh this week but so many time for overwatch for sure uh there was all, i was definitely looking forward to tayo's debut um it's just one thing that, you know, I've been waiting since 2017 to see this guy play in the league and finally glad that he's getting a
0: shot. Oh, it was good stuff. Definitely great Genji play. Yeah. Uh what about you? How was your week? Uh it's been what did I do this week? I'm trying to remember. It's been I'm I'm sleep deprived right now. Uh more than I usually am. Um so I I normally do Unicamp every year for it's a UCLA org that uh, we do camp for underserved kids, and uh, normally this time each year, I'm up in the San Bernardino Mountains, and we are doing camp for uh, kids for a week each session. Um, this year, we obviously can't because of the Rona, so we had to figure out another way to do it, and that solution was doing camp virtually. So every morning, I need to wake up at like nine-ish and be on at like nine forty-five to to lead these kids in camp, even though like honestly, they brought me in at the last minute. Like I wasn't sure if I was going to do it this year, but they needed people. I think they had like 51 kids for like five counselors. So they brought me in last minute and I have no idea what's going on. I literally have no idea what's happening. I'm just like listening in uh, on Zoom and I have no idea what is happening. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking because like we partner with an org and they, uh, they have their own like content and assemblies that they want to provide. Um we're supposed to also have like rotations and activities for the kids too. But um I think we we had one yesterday which was martial arts. So which is really weird that my I, I, I used to be part of the American Taekwondo Association. I think they changed it to the name Always Take Action now, which honestly for a, a martial arts org is the stupidest thing you could ever have done. Like mm-hmm. if someone says, hey my organization is called Always Take Action, what do you think that's about?
1: It's like beating people up <laughs> like just just full out aggression only gameplay it,
0: it, it doesn't it doesn't sound anything like it's gonna it's like martial arts teaching for like kids and families right mm-hmm. all right so anyway that someone from the org like came in and taught the kids how to do a little bit of martial arts and it turns out that she was actually at the old studio that I used to go to that very weekend. And she like knew some of the people that I know. It's so creepy, small world, how things interact and coincide and, and whatnot. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. The other big thing that happened was I I buy too many comic books each week. And if you've ever, if you know anything about like, comic books like there's there's certain issues that are really valuable just because of either what happens to them or like what a cover looks like and so one of my favorite covers ever which is actually a really valuable cover i posted it on my instagram but batman or not batman detective comics 880 um is one of like the coolest covers i've ever seen and a lot of people really want this cover it came out in like mid 2000s but it was like a low print run really cool cover so it's worth like a decent amount right now i bought it for like $150 $150 which is i think probably the most expensive comic book i've ever bought but i think if if i get this graded if i get it signed cuz the um the colorist who did the issue lives out here and he does some signings at the comic book shop i go to like if i can get it signed and graded i looked online it's at least if it's if it's a good like between 9.6 and 9.8 grade i can at least i can get it between like 250 or like $700 for this issue. If I sell it. Hmm. So uh, if Every I ne- th- ever need to sell something for $750, I have it. <laughs> yeah. If you,
1: if you need to get that rent money real quick.
0: Uh, yeah. Just go on eBay. Yeah. Sell this thing. There we go. Okay. So let's get into the news of the week. Uh, this has been a, a kind of a hot topic throughout the overwatch world right now. Uh, The experimental patch just came in last Tuesday. Uh, The the changes that were happening were to Moira and to Genji. Um, So for Genji, this is the note that the developers put. Recent Genji buffs made him see a lot more play. This is great to see, but some of these changes pushed him a bit too far. We're pulling back on some of these changes, specifically with the goal of reducing some of his burst potential, and we'll keep a further eye on him to make sure he lands in a good spot. And I mean, if you've been watching League at all, or um, get, I'm sure in a lot of the competitive or higher rank games, a lot of people are pulling out Genji right now. Um, he gets blade really fast, and he's kind of devastating right now in the field uh, with the amount of damage, and yeah, uh, you know, with the amount of damage that his Shuriken buff has given him, he gets his blade a lot faster. So what they've done is they've gen- in general they've reduced the damage for his um, normal Shuriken attack from 30 to 28. And for the secondary attack, where he's just uh, spread firing all through them at once, the recovery is increased from 0. 0.65 to 0. 0.75 seconds. So it's a little bit slower. And in general, he's a little bit weaker. Um, these changes are definitely, voice crack again. These changes are going to be going through. So um, I get, hopefully, this reduces some of the potency of Genji without completely. Uh, potatoing him, which I don't think it'll do, because I really like watching a lot of this Genji play, even though I can't play Genji myself. But the real issue here is the Moira changes. Uh, so this is the description: the main goal of these Moira changes was to give Moira players a chance to make bigger plays and flex their player skill. Biotic orb damage is now generally harder to hit. All is now generally harder to hit all enemies in a large area, but will reward well-aimed shots with significantly increased damage per second. The Fade change is intended to offer Moira players a chance to make big plays and potentially turn a fight around single-handedly if used well. For example, Moira can now fade all allies to save them against big ultimates such as Self-Destruct and Graviton Surge. You can also fade an ally that has been already pinned by a Reinhardt to force them to be released, saving them. There are many powerful uses for this new Fade effect. We're looking forward to seeing how players use it. Okay, so three things that change with Moira. The Biotic Grasp, her angle of attach has been reduced by 37%, so you need to be more accurate with it. Her Biotic Orb for damage, uh, the radius was reduced from 4 meters to 3 meters, and now um, the the slow amount for a damage target that it's found has been increased from, point, from 72.5 to 80%, so a little bit slower when it touches you. Um, and now here's the real weird part of it the damage of it is now on a scaling effect so based on how close you are to the orb it's going to do different damage but if you're between zero and one meter away it'll deal 150 damage per second if you're between one and three meters it'll scale down from 150 to 25 per second um, normally the orb only does 50 no matter where you are so this is a, a really big change but even though uh, the damage is a lot higher when you're closer, the total damage an orb can do is still 200. Um, and then the last change is the fade. So as the description mentioned, now when you fade out, all and uh, all your allies near you also fade for a second, um, it makes all heroes immune to all damage and all effects. And it's like, it will work like Reaper's Wraith form or Moira's own fade. It's just now it's everybody who's near you. Um... I really hated these changes. Uh, I don't know if you played the experimental card, Kevin, but it was really bad. Is kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, these changes are not going through to the PCR. Like, everybody hated them. So the dev team's like, okay, okay, we get it. You don't like them. We're not going to put them in. We're still going to find ways to make more or different. But th- we're just not going to do it this way. I think the stupidest part of it all is their reasoning. It's like, why are you making... Why are you focusing on Moira being a game changer? Like, why are you focusing on her being the one to flip the fight? That really doesn't make sense to me, that you're you're kind of hoping that the game is going to change to pin all your hopes on this one character.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird, like, patch. I do understand, like, the grasp and the orb. It's just because, like, a lot of players would just get caught on it and from, like, a long range, and then, like, it would touch them for a couple seconds, and they'll just die. Um that, that'll make sense. It it, re, it rewards like more accurate gameplay. Um in a way the fade is something else. Like the fade change totally negates Graviton Surge and like Grav um what is it, Flux does nothing. Shatter uh, Shatter does nothing. Like EMP hard enough. Yeah. Like it's hard enough to deal with Moira's fade, right? But now to deal with Moira's fade, as well as have as well as having it be able to do this as well is a lot harder. Like I don't want to have Moira be like the the most broken character in the game. Just because she could like save her whole team in the middle of a fight. I mean it's kinda it's kind of the reverse. I mean, it if you want to do it like character lore-wise, wise, it is the complete opposite of like what Mercy did, right? Um back back in the day, we're talking like old school Boomer Mercy here. Um, Five Man Res. This is kinda like being able to save your teammates before the fight begins. And Five Man Res was saving it after everybody's done. So with with this ability, essentially you have to you have to read the play. You have to be able to do it in that moment. Um But at the same time, like it costs you your fade. And fade is like one of the most important skills for Moira. Um just to get out. Just to get out of a fight. Like you have to be able to Usually you use fade to get out of a an engagement that doesn't work for you. But now Moira's could literally just sit back and wait for the fight or wait for like a big ultimate to go off and then swoop in and save her whole team. Um, I just don't think that's something that blizzard would want. And I'm glad that the players made it, made it known that, you know, this is not, this is not going to be good for the game.
0: Also, like when you think about it with the biotic orb, like this, it's just so stupidly broken. Like, what if you're a tracer and you accidentally blink into the orb? You're dead. Like one mm-hmm. second, you're dead. Yeah. That this, this is of a strategy. A little I, bit of I, I when I played with Moira was like you use the damage orb as like zoning too, because it, it's there bouncing around and it lasts for a little bit longer. It's it's not completely gone after a single second of like draining 150 health for somebody. So like it it helps you make a little bit of space. It's not the most threatening ability in the game, but um, it it helped. It was part of like how I played Moira at least.
1: Yeah, it, it's a good zoning like utility if you're gonna use it in that case. Um, I feel like it's because of I, I think the damage scaling is something that's interesting though. Like if you're if you're literally touching it, you're like dead in a matter of seconds. Um, it says, you know, it deals the same amount of damage. It still deals 200 total. Um, that, that number is fine. I, I don't agree with the close range damage scaling. I would still rather have it be 50 meter, or like 50 damage per second, um, regardless of distance. Um, but like still give it that change to like, you know, three meters for the damage radius. Um, and slow more when it gets closer to people. Um, I just think that that's, that's okay. But, like, being able to, like, literally one-shot a Tracer, if you, if it's like, you know, on top of it, uh, that's not, like, the greatest. Like, if you get shield-bashed by, by Brig, and then, like, the Moira just puts the orb right on top of your head, you're dead. Like, it's, it's, it's over. You can't, like, recall out of that. Um. So, yeah, it's just kind of a... It's an interesting change. Um, I just don't think that the... I I would rather have the Biotic Orb in the game rather than the changes to Fade. Um, That is just a personal preference here. Um, But the... Yeah, the Orb's damage is kind of insane if you consider that 0 to 1 meter,
0: like, distant. Another thing that I kind of... I got out of this it's weird how they're handling it because when they originally introduced experimental cards to us they're like oh these are just weird concepts that we have these are things that um we're just letting you see what goes on in our dev meetings things that we're trying out we're not necessarily going to put these in the game we just want you to see what our, our process of developing the game is right that's how they they talked about it at first um but with the way that they're handling it with especially with this moira and genji change it's like it feels less like it's just showing us how the dev team works and it feels more like now they're actually actively transitioning it into being like all platform ptr you know Mm -hmm. in some ways i like it in that we were able to give them that feedback instead of them dropping a change and then console players not being able to to express whether we like it or not until after it goes live but also on the other hand it's like that's not what experimental was that's not what you told us it was for
1: yeah experimental card was for like big changes like things that are like wonky or like you know weird game like when they were trying to say. force
0: 3 two, one they're like this is yeah. what it would be like if we forced 3 two, one we're not going to do yeah. it but this is what it'd be like
1: yeah like i understand that it's kind of it essentially the experimental card and the ptr are having like identity crisis in this fact because like the PTR was used for players to test out like you know balance changes um, but it didn't accommodate for console players. The experimental card now has that ability and so I think they're using the experimental card to kind of replace what the PTR was Um, but the experimental card was shown off to be like you know we're gonna do some weird stuff like we're gonna just let you Play out this game in a really interesting way, um, and then we'll see if you like it. If you do, we can make it in an arcade. If not, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's they, there's just no clear line between what PTR and experimental card are supposed to be.
0: Do you think Moira really needs that boost? Because I mean, the whole idea of it was just to, again, was just to make Moira the game changer. I don't think we need that.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with this um, at all for for this change to Moira. I feel like Moira's role is to be like a kind of a burst healer and like a constant sustain healer. In that case, um, she shouldn't be able to make the biggest plays like this. Like that, that stuff is kind of more reserved for like the transcendence or the like or the beat drop. You know. that's kind of more their thing um and especially making like this ability like a fade which is like i think it's on a it's like eight or ten second cooldown like that can change a fight drastically depending on how many times you could get the fade up in the middle of a fight to like save people from like either ult stacking or um other abilities like that you know
0: so aside from what you you talked about and how you think the biotic orb would be better changed earlier uh is there any other thing that you think could fix moira i i think maybe nerf her range a little bit i like the angle um change on her her grasp i think maybe nerfing that range a little bit would be a little bit more balanced because um i don't think she should be able to drain a fara from super high in the air but she still can do that so uh what do you think
1: um i mean i I feel like she's in an okay place um the reason why she's not being played that much is because she's just not getting a lot of value from a dive comp she doesn't have enough time to really get burst healing if everybody is separated so moira is just like at the moment, Moira is just a casualty of the meta. She's not She's not good just because she's not being played. She doesn't have a team that plays around her style, right? Um. So what I'm saying is if these changes do go in or like if anything does go in and then let's say if we move back to like a like not a full GOATS comp, but like something that's more death ball-y again, like Moira's gonna be through the roof like they're gonna have to scale her back again, so honestly like I think I do agree like the range of the biotic grass could be nerfed down just a tiny bit um but it kinda especially in a death ball situation it's it's one of the very few like reliable sources of damage that Moira has, so I understand like. You know the range would be okay. I do like the attach angle change, just because you can't just like flick it in a general direction and hope that it like stays on them. You actually have to keep the tracking going. It's more of a it's more of a Zarya beam than a you know than a old school uh, Symmetra grasp. You know.
0: Yeah. I'm just looking at her her character image right now on the patch page. But is did we ever get a lore reason why she has the faceplate just over her left eye? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because I've always wondered about that and they've never explained it. Uh, I'm just, I, know, I really don't know,
1: man. It, it, They're just like, man, it looks cool. Let's just slap it on there.
0: Overwatch fashion is the weirdest fashion.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, your your mascot is wearing
0: Crocs. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I can't. Diva's just weird whisker face paint. Like, are you cosplaying Naruto at the same time? Are you trying to I
1: Are you trying to be a cat in a suit? Like, what's the what's the deal here? I,
0: we're Is she all a cat confused. or she a rabbit?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, she
0: We we have to ask the real questions today. <laughs> Cats or rabbits? That's that's the question. Oh, and just as a final thing, that patch. So we said that the patch was supposed to be released today. It's not being released. The developers were having some issues with it, so they posted the patch but immediately took it down. An article that I read said it might have something to do with um, a visual bug after Brig um, uses a repair pack. So for some healers who have like uh, a hold ability, like um, Ash's. Uh, Ash using scope or Doomfist holding the punch and getting ready to punch, um, using the repair pack from Brig, like it'll make your your character glitch out. So when you're looking through their first person, it looks like they've already shot, but they didn't. So it's 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 really broken. Um, so I'm guessing that might be why they they have pulled back that patch. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to a little bit more somber news so i mean us here in, in north america we we've gotten to we know the voice actors pretty well like um matt mercer is a big figure in just the voice recording industry anyway um the the voice actors are, are always at cons they're always showing off like charlotte chung has a, a huge fan base especially when she got pregnant people like oh there's a baby diva inside diva what up what's up with that what we might not realize is that in other countries they have different voice actors doing the the different roles uh and recently uh the voice actor roberto dragetti from italy who played their soldier 76 passed away so a sad day for the overwatch community especially the italian overwatch community um but what was really disappointing to see was when overwatch posted this to twitter people were being their normal troll internet selves again a lot of people were saying Overwatch is a dying game on a post about the actor dying or a lot of people dredging up old wounds and complaining that Blizzard made Soldier 76 gay. It's like they're they're forcing gayness down our throats. Like, dude, there's literally two gay characters in the game and they pretty much never reference it unless you are like really going into the lore of the game. Like how does it how does that change your enjoyment of the game? And why is this your chosen time to bitch and moan about that
1: yeah but it's just super disrespectful to like i understand if you have your own comments on the game itself but like don't do it when we're discussing somebody passing away that's just like disrespectful in general um i I just hope that you know the players understand that and these are just like you know outliers
0: it's like it's like imagine going to an event with where blizzard's like maybe giving a tribute to the imagine saying these things at this event like would you feel comfortable doing that no maybe don't do it online where millions of people can see you and drag you maybe just don't be a trash human being
1: yeah it's one of those things where i feel like the cover of animinity is used way too way too strongly here like yeah you can hide behind your username but at the same time like you're just like a garbage person in general just don't don't do that on somebody's you know if if we were to have like a public memorial you would never say like oh man this game is dead or you know like wow they're they're shoving this down our throat like no we're just honoring somebody who did work on our game is that that bad
0: another thing that that did make me think of though is like for us here in the U S we, we do the, we listen to the English broadcast. So we, we know our, our voice actors. We know what the casters like. We know the caster teams. We know. Zoe, we, know reinforced, we know Custa, we know all them, but like in other countries, like if you watch the APAC games, they'll start their broadcasts, even in America with some footage of the, the Asian casters casting the games. So like, just, I don't know if you have any knowledge of it, Kevin, but do you know what, Like international streaming is like and for overwatch league and what they're if they have like any figures that are are look similar to kind of what what we have in our desk and how they're kind of celebrities within our world
1: um i know that they have other casters i'm not like a hundred percent like knowledgeable of each region but i know that each one has their own set of casters um I remember recently, or, like, going into the next season, which was this season? Yeah. Going into this season, season three, um, some of the broadcast channels were actually cut, which is disappointing for for Overwatch, but... Um, yeah, and, and
0: remember the German one got cut and the Russian. Yeah,
1: yeah, German and Russian got cut. And so, like, there's... They probably still would broadcast it and still cover the matches, but it's just not as like big i would say it they blizzard is kind of undercutting like certain countries because they know that most of their fan base is from like the u.s um from like north america and like you know the asia region so that's like their main focus which it really shouldn't be if you want to let people cast your games you should just allow them to Brings more attention to your game and uh honestly that's just the way it goes
0: Oh, speaking of viewership, really quick. Um, our viewership for the podcast has actually been steadily increasing. And I don't know why, but for some reason, our biggest viewership base is in the UK. Oh. So I, I did not expect that at all. But to all you UK listeners, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you guys. We I, I did not expect us to be that big overseas, but apparently we are.
1: Uh, do we have, Does that mean we have to cover more uh, London Spitfire and? Uh, I
0: feel like we should now.
1: Paris Eternal stuff. I mean, I could talk about the Paris Eternal all day. I love Paris
0: Eternal, so I, I'm I'm definitely down to cover them more. But I, I feel like now we have to cover more London Spitfire games.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're a solid team. They just need a little bit of time to grow.
0: Yeah, they um, need a they need a gel. I think. Yeah. Um. Moving on. So we we haven't had a really good uh. Off-topic, I guess we can call them the off-topic Overwatch videos recently in the past couple weeks. Um, but this week they did post Zoe reacting to all the the cooking challenges that the rest of the desk took up after she challenged them. Um and normally I hate React videos. Um, I'm not really that much of a, a of a let's play reactor kind of watching thing. Um I was unfortunately part of one last week, like I told you with the PewDiePie thing, but this one was actually kind of funny, just because it's Overwatch and Zoe, and also because, like, food-wise, food—it's just always funny watching people suck at cooking. Like, there's the whole show "Worst Cooks in America" is based upon the the whole concept that people can't cook, and it's amazing. And also the fact that Zoe's the one who started this challenge, so I feel like it's it's got a more personal twist to it so she looked at all three of the videos reinforce uh she wanted to disqualify him immediately for using a cake batter mix instead of actually making this sponge cake from scratch but he got two points on her book for uh using swedish fish as a filling because he is swedish and a point for his girlfriend saying that it looks like crap but it actually tastes good um mr for mr x like the same reaction that I got, like when he dumped in like literally half the bottle of vanilla extract. Um, I don't know what that would taste like. Because when normally you use vanilla, like you only use like the barest minimum, right? Like what would it what would it taste like just a half bottle of vanilla? Uh
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't take that. I <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's draw that Vanilla extract was probably one of the killers of that cake, you know? Uh, But I really don't want to be the one to try what, (laughs) how much vanilla that would be like, you know? Yeah. Barely having a, having a touch of it is strong enough. Uh, Let alone, you know, quarter of a bottle. uh,
0: You're probably going to die from it. (laughs) Your your mouth is just going to hate you. Yeah. Um, But anyway, he got disqualified as having the best cake because he didn't make it a sponge layer cake. Apparently the whole challenge was to make it a layer cake and he only made one layer of the cake. Um, and then sideshow, uh, he's, I don't know how he predicted the Paris eternal would win. Like I love the Paris eternal and I didn't think they would win. So he got like bonus points right off the bat for picking them. And then there is the, I think my favorite quote of this is when he, he talks about how, um, He's using the the Paris Eternal's logo as the model for the shape of his cake, and it's just like a picture of the the Paris Eternal's logo on his his boxers, and so it's just like oh you know just a cock on shorts. Um, I really don't know how they got away with that. Still to this day, it's it's been weeks since this video came out, um, and considering that probably some kids are watching this, kind uh, of kind of pushing the envelope there, Blizzard um also why is he why is he frosting the cake with his fingers um he got disqualified because this cake was inedible but also why would you ever frost a cake just with your fingers
1: you, you know there's a very probably a perfectly good knife in one of those drawers right like you can you can use that you don't have to wipe your hands on on your cake to, have it to frost it you you have a, a lot of tools at your disposal.
0: And I love garlic, but like beyond just the fact that he probably has a knife, now you have garlic frosting flavor all over your fingers. Yeah, it's probably not the
1: most, uh, not the most effective, you know? Uh, and pro- probably not the most sanitary, especially in uh, current, current standards, you know?
0: Yeah. So pretty much, all three of the uh the cakes got disqualified by soi standards. But like out of all three of these cakes, the um uh, the ugly Swedish fish filled cake, the single layer super vanilla cake, or the the garlic monster, um, which one of these would you probably eat? Uh
1: I I think I think reinforces is probably the safest to eat. Um just because, like, it's a familiar look, you know. Um, I'm not about to kill myself with that much vanilla extract, and I don't think I can handle a garlic cake. Uh So, yeah, I think Reinforce wins it for taste, just for, like, eating in general. Um, But presentation-wise, I do have to give it to, like, Sideshow. I think Sideshow did a really solid job of decorating his cake. But, like, yeah, I, I would play it safe and eat Reinforce's.
0: I, th- barring the fact that he used his fingers, I probably would try Sideshow's cake just to see what it tastes like and just to say I've eaten a garlic cake. Because, I mean, I've had good cake before, but I very rarely had bad cake. And this is a bad cake that I feel like I have to try just because it's going to be so bad.
1: Yeah. It it feels like it would be a very interesting... uh take you know is just getting a uh trying that garlic cake would be something that you could probably put on a resume somewhere uh it's not something that you would you just be like yeah i've I've eaten weird stuff before uh it gives you foodie cred yeah it gives you food cred but yeah honestly i think it's a i think it's an interesting concept but you know safety wise i'm going uh uh, I'm going
0: with RuneForce. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten?
1: Man, I feel like weird is like a, is, is a, I wouldn't say, it's a subjective term, because like, uni would be weird, right? Like, to some people.
0: I mean, it kind of, it, it's less usual of the kind of sushis than people would normally eat, yeah. Yeah. Not a common one.
1: It's not a common sushi, but I would say like that's probably like reaching for it. I don't know what the weirdest thing is. I I'm kinda I'm I'm really open to just trying new stuff if it's like prepared well and it looks good. Um yeah, I I really don't know what I've had that's weird.
0: For me it's a tie between balut and uh-huh. silkworm soup
1: silkworm soup
0: oh it's not a, good
1: oh uh, yeah okay it is not like, good
0: like either was what? the balut like okay why why is that the thing that the philippines decides it wants to share with the world all the time yeah i mean it's we have got... lumpia. we have we have yeah. puto, which is not a, which is not a spanish slur slur swear word it's it's rice cake have to make that clear yeah. because yeah I, uh, in s- several confusing situations when i'd be like introducing Buto to some like hispanic friends of mine I'm like what did you call him He's like no it's it's what we call this cake
1: yeah uh yeah it it's it's interesting i i was watching uh, i know timothy dalageto or uh you know jim Ch- uh, Chattaratsu has his whole uh he used to have a series where he would t- go out with other people and serve them like these weird dishes um, I was watching one with him and Ryan Higa, um, and he served him duck flipper, like, and you dunk it in like a hot pot and it's supposed to like absorb the flavor and like become like kind of soft in a way. Um, he said like, it's okay. really like cartilage, um, I've had but it's chicken like, feet but not duck feet. Yeah. He's it, like the flipper itself is like, uh, It's like tendon or something like that. Like a good way of describing it if you've had like pho. um, It's kind of like that kind of consistency. And I'm like, I I think I would try that in like a spicy hot pot. I think I'd I'd try that once. Um, He did like... I remember he he took uh, Charlemagne, the god, to go eat bulut.
0: That's one of them. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Why? Okay, if if you don't know what bulut is to our listeners, just look it up. It's B-A-L-U-T. you're in for a surprise and I wouldn't say you're in for a treat, but just, just a, look it up. If you don't know what it is, if you know what it is, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever hung out with a Filipino person before or like gone to like a party, like it, it might be there. It's not like really a party food. It's more of like a, it happens to be in their fridge kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or it's
0: like a, a, a shock. Via the, the non Filipino kind of.
1: Yeah. Um, that quarter Filipino in me is not a hundred percent on board with balut, uh, <laughs> as well. But like, I know what it is. I've seen it. Um, I've I've sipped it. I haven't. I didn't eat the actual like bird. I drank the soup. But like, the soup was okay. Uh, it's just like, you know, it, it's a. It's kind of a shock for the first time when you try it. But you gotta. I feel like you gotta do it once, um, at least
0: that'll give you that'll give you like a major foodie cred <laughs> eating it at yeah least um silkworm soup is like you, you know grapes right the fruit grapes y- yeah i don't you know really the skin are. on a grape right yeah it's like it's like you took the grape skin okay you filled it with sand Ew. and then you put it in soup that sounds gross that's what silkworm soup is like it's an, it's terrible like it tastes like dirt but that's not what gets you it's the texture it's okay the texture. just that like biting through the grape skin and it's just grainy yeah Ugh. I, I know that everybody
1: everybody has their quirks like some people like catch up on just random things um i know you know certain places do mayo on fries which i i approve um, it's
0: good dude it's like, really good a nice like, garlic aioli mayo, mayo on fries that's that it, sounds fantastic
1: exactly like um but like everybody has a certain quirk we're not batching your food quirks um but yeah go ahead and uh i would say just in in the coronavirus state like I, it's not like an avatar state but like you know the, <laughs> the, the current the coronavirus state yeah it's you know, avatar Kyoshi is just going in and telling you to eat everything that's not not how it works um But, yeah, I would just say, you know, try different things while you're in lockdown. You have the option to. And, like, there's not a lot of consequences, really. Um, If if you can. If you can get your hands on stuff. Um, I'm actually going to be trying. I'll I'll promote it now, I guess. Um, This Saturday, I think Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to do another cooking stream for the first time in, like, months. Ooh, Um, I'm bringing back or I'm going to try to redo my Philly cheesesteaks. But instead, like last time I did it with like a pizza twist where you would do mozzarella cheese on top instead of provolone, like classic provolone, Um, and you put like pizza sauce on the inside, which is a solid solid take on it. Um, This time I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do the regular provolone or pepper jack. Um, but go with a sriracha mayo instead, like a legit like Japanese Kewpie mayo and sriracha on it. And I think that will work equally as well. Um, okay, I, I have to send to... the
0: link because like I think we all need to watch this because I love Philly Cheesesteaks so much. Yeah. And I haven't had one in forever.
1: Yeah, so the here's the secret, guys. I'm going to give you my, my number one uh, tip. When you go to get your meat, right? Don't go to, like, Safeway or, like, your local market. Go to your local Ranch 99. Go to the back, and there's a certain section with, um like, thin-sliced ribeye, which is supposed to be used for hot pot, right? Or right, you're supposed to use it for hot pot or, like, shabu-shabu or, like, you know, just there's thin-sliced ribeye already there. You take that stuff, and then you cook with that instead. 'Cause it's a lot easier to get in the in the close, like in the thin cut. And it's also like it's also pretty cheap because it's from Ranch ninety nine. So go ahead and uh it's back of the store near like, you know, where the cuts of meat are. Just go over there. It's it's usually closer to like the hot pot stuff. So go ahead and look for it there.
0: I haven't been to one of those stores in years, also. I haven't, been, I haven't done so many things in years. Oh, my God. I mean, Like, coronavirus is reminding me of all the stuff that I used to do that I don't do anymore that I need to do again.
1: Yeah. Um, recently, I would say, like, within, like, the last couple, like, the last weeks or so, I've been doing – I've been running on the treadmill a lot more just because, like, I feel like I've been stagnant for so long being inside the house, you know? Um, but I make it fun. Like, right now, you know, we have our – Some people have Switches. I have a Switch. I play a lot of Pokemon. So what I'll do is I will, like, a warm-up by going, like, maybe two miles per hour, do a couple warm-up laps, and just get Pokemon eggs for myself for the day. Um, And then I'll go into the Battle Tower, and then I do this challenge where I start at four miles per hour, right? Uh, And you jog at four miles per hour, and it's a four-on-four kind of ordeal, right? If I lose a Pokemon, I have to bump the speed on the treadmill by a mile. So if I, if I lose one, I have to go five miles per hour. But every single time that I knock out their Pokemon, I get to drop it by a mile per hour. So it's... <laughs> essentially, you battle tower and you go through, like, eight trainers. And you're just, like, either sprinting your ass off or you're, like, taking it chill. But you're constantly keeping a solid rate. So when I do get back on that basketball like court, I'm going to have a solid, like I'm going to, I'm going to have a solid cardio rate. I'm not going to like die instantly, you know?
0: So moving on uh, another YouTube video that came out this week, there was a video explaining the whole countdown cup process, which to start off, I don't know why we needed this. It's like, it's pretty much any tournament format ever if you've ever done any tournament ever you break up the brackets you have different seeds depending on how well that the you place and then you get to pick sometimes you get to pick your opponent sometimes you don't in this case you do um also just a side note for me um sideshow trying to sound super epic does not sound good um if i don't know if you've watched the video kevin but if you do like sideshow's trying to deepen his voice and make it sound like he's like a voiceover guy for like movie trailers and it just it sounds off because we know how goofy he really is and just him trying to be serious sounds even goofier um the one question that i had though is they're talking about the the different prizes you can win and the benefits of winning um they talked about the, the money prize pool but uh something that he said that was interesting to me is that the real win here is getting that 3 win record bump to your your win loss record for the season. Um I was I never thought of that as the the real incentive to win before. I thought it was the money that was why you wanted to win rather than that 3 game boost.
1: Yeah, and I, I would not say that the 3 game boost is the is a real win here. Uh it's it's more of like it has to it the, the, the goal of this is to say that you've won the tournament. It's to say that you're the best there. Uh not not the extra three wins, because I don't think that has to play into an Overwatch League, you know, if we have the grand finals again, I don't think it's gonna be of that caliber.
0: Like imagine if you're trying to sell somebody on like doing this esports thing it's like oh yeah if you win you get three extra wins to your uh your league rating it's like okay cool oh yeah also you get fifty thousand dollars but that's not important it's like what you kind of buried the lead there the fifty thousand dollars is a lot more attractive no it's 250 yeah that two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot more attractive than three wins
1: exactly um i think that when it comes down to you know, priority should be prize money first, then like, you know, number of wins to your record, maybe somewhere like third or fourth, like you have to say, like, you know, trophy, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff you could put on your resume. Uh the money. Fortune and glory. Uh, fortune and glory, you know, fame. Uh stuff that comes with the whole being on an Overwatch team that won kind of deal. Um, that, that is gonna help you if you wanna, you know, if you had to leave a team or you get traded um you could just be like yeah i was on this team when it when they won so yeah it's it's just interesting to know that
0: all right so the last thing that i have is that uh violet from the san francisco shock got a temporary ban and so there are a lot of different stories that i've seen just kind of looking at why this happened and whether or not it was it was justified but essentially um Prior to this, like, Kevin, do you want to talk about the prior stuff before I talk about the what actually what the more recent stuff?
1: I mean, yeah, Violet has made claims that he was account sharing earlier. I know that there was a suspension during his very beginning of his time here, um, where he was—I think he was temporarily banned or suspended for uh, account boosting for a little bit. Um, but honestly, he was—he's been saying like. He's just tired of the 30-minute wait time, um, which it does happen for a lot of Overwatch players because you have to play at a certain time where there's people of the same caliber playing with you. Um, and I've seen that happen. So he, it, it kind of makes sense that he wants to do it like on a separate account, but the fact that he's not using just a different account of his own is uh, kind of iffy. So we know that there's... Stuff that's happened with Violet before, um, but yeah, there's a lot more new stuff that has been unveiled,
0: yeah. Okay, so that was that was the prior stuff with Violet. Um, the more recent stuff was, um, this is according to oh, what is his name, Hoshi Zora, who's I i don't even know who he is, he's a, i guess he's a streamer, um, anyway, so he was playing with Violet. And this is his tweet. Just got into a match with Violet where I switched to Brig because he, capital HE, told me to. Then he flamed me for getting pinned, so I swapped back to Mercy. He continued to harass me because I refused to go back to Brig. Um, and he tagged the shock and he tagged Violet there. Um, and I'm guessing that Violet's username is You Make Me. According to the screenshots, this is what Violet was saying to him in the chat. It's go, go effing Brig, please. Retard player, hey, retard mercy. That's why you're an effing master, effing retard, brain dead. Uh, so definitely not, uh, not acceptable. Especially just considering that you, it's not. It, it may be like what ten years ago, people didn't have a problem with calling someone a retard, but uh, people are a lot more socially aware now that that's not okay. It's not okay to make fun of someone for mental deficiency or to, to use that as an insult. It's like how you can't say, Oh, that's gay as an insult now. Cause that's just a stupid insult to say in general. And it's also very offensive. That, that's why he was mo- banned most recently. He's got that one game suspension against the Houston outlaws game coming up. And he's also gotten a fan from the San Francisco shock themselves. And again, the, uh, these, uh, Punishments are not from Overwatch League in general. This is just from the San Francisco Shock as an organization. Uh, according to a message on the Overwatch team, Overwatch League Discord server, um, the Shock's general manager Chris Chung said, "Violet's actions were not in line with what we expect of our staff and players, in or out of game. The organization, Violet, would like to extend an apology in this situation. Uh, we have discussed the severity of these actions with Violet, and they'll be they, they impose those." That that fine and that ban in order to make sure he doesn't do it again. Um, honestly, I think this is just symptomatic of gamer culture in general. It's just a very toxic place to be. Uh, and without having to to face the person on your team, like look them in the eye and tell them that, I'm like, which isn't to say that not being in the same room with the guy wouldn't make him say this, but again, like you were talking about earlier, that anonymity, the uh, the ability of the internet to distance you from other people uh, just makes it infinitely more toxic.
1: Yeah, and I know Violet's going to have a bunch of yes-men behind him, which are essentially people who are just going to be defending him throughout the entire time, but honestly like, there's a certain level of like, knowing you're good versus like, putting it on the rest of your team uh, to to just like, you know, flame them for what they're trying to do. Um, We do have our off days. Everybody does have a day where they just don't feel it coming or like, they just don't feel like they can, they can make it happen. Um, And you know, sometimes that, that just happens. Okay. So honestly, I, I feel like Violet needs to have a solid talking. I'm glad that the San Francisco shock are taking action Um, and just telling him, like, you know what, this is not acceptable. We, we want to keep our, you know, we want to keep our brand good. And we also need you to, you know, not be a jerk, uh, when you play comp, uh, it's important, especially going into this next tournament. Um, but at the same time, like we, we have to like support him as a player. Just tell him like, you know what, this is not, this is not good, but you have to, continue playing at the level that you're doing. Um, as long as it just doesn't uh, affect Violet as a player, he should be, you know, obviously okay. But this be- this kind of behavior is just not acceptable.
0: Yeah. I think that wraps it up for news this week. There it wasn't, it wasn't a ton, but we, again, we got pretty into it.
1: <laughs> yeah. There, there might not be a lot of news, but there is news that we need to cover. So, that is a, uh, is exactly how it's done, um, at least for for this week. We'll let you know if there's anything else that comes, uh, from the Overwatch side, especially in the next coming months. Um, I just want to point out it is, right now, as of time of recording, it is July twenty eighth, um, is the Tuesday. Um, next week we should be playing our summer games. Hopefully,
0: usually well, comes I mean- in the first week that's more Lucio ball
1: yeah usually it is the first week of august where the summer games drops but uh i feel like it's kind of weird especially now we were supposed to have an olympics this year if people remember what those were um we were supposed to have mean back before the rona time before the rona we were supposed to have you know uh tokyo 2020 uh I actually have a towel from the time that I meant that I went to Japan and I have a, you know, Olympic 2020 towel. And I'm like, okay, it never happened. It's the Olympics that never, never really happened. So um, now I have to wait till next year. Hopefully we have a, a nice, uh, you know, cure by then. And we can get to games. If not, you know, the, we're we're trying to reopen you know sports right now with you know the NBA bubble and the MLB bubble but we've seen what happened there and let's just hope that it doesn't like replicate itself when it if we do have to do the same thing for the Olympics um, but yeah let's let's just hope that we can get back to normalcy going into next year
0: all right well thanks for joining us for the new section this week join us also for this week's look at the countdown cup. This is the last week of the hero pool. So um, we'll, we'll take a look at that and how the players did with that. And yeah, we'll get back at you next week. See ya.
1: Next week, we cover more league matches as well as
0: any news that comes our way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at BelieveInOWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.